0: Okay, welcome back to the United Podcast, the podcast of the official Man United Supporters Club here in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. And Larry, we're pretty much going to get straight into it because look, we're going to be having many arguments and debates over the next couple of weeks. Oli in, Oli out, who's the new manager, and I'm sure that will happen at some stage, but at the moment it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And the longer it doesn't happen, Larry, the more headlines, the more reaction and frustration is directed towards Solskjaer. And I'm just thinking it is so misdirected at the moment. I think 99% of the fan base at the moment agree and are on the same page that Solskjaer needs to go, whether they're the disrespectful kind or the respectful kind. I think everyone is on board with, okay, to take that next step, we need a change in management. However, it's not happening because of the Glazers and the board, and we're going to get into those reasons why they're not taking action. But because action isn't being taken, that is where the frustration needs to be at the owners, at Edward Wood. But... They're getting exactly what they want. They're using Solskjaer as a human shield, and all the criticism is going on the manager. So just your thoughts on the last 24 hours as this sort of mess is continuing to unfold.
1: It just again speaks to United's lack of organization, the inability to run the football club as a football club, Tom. It's purely run as a commercial entity. Uh, That's all it's about. Um, I saw a tweet <laughs> around um, that there are still people awaiting their Cristiano Ronaldo shirts. And I think that takes priority over who's managing Manchester United Football Club at the moment. It's a shambles, uh, but like you said, we will get into it.
0: Yeah, well, just some comments here. Evening to George, throw him on Saturday night for a few beers. Um, yeah, forgetting about the results, obviously. Looking forward to another group's, group therapy session. Wes, hope you're keeping well, mate. And Sam also met last night for a beer as well um, at the Man United Supporters Club meeting, our monthly meeting. It's good to catch up for a beer and chat a little bit of Man United. But um, on that, is it just what the Glazers wanted? Like it was almost our fear, not not our fear. I think our sort of emotions were directed elsewhere when Solskjaer took over, when he he's went from interim manager to the full time sort of position after the PSG match. But a fear deep down was always this that if Solskjaer, if it went wrong under Van Hal, it, it was. All the fans are on board, okay, get rid of Van Hal. If it went under, went bad under Jose Mourinho, everyone turned on Jose Mourinho, get Jose Mourinho out. Where the fear with Solskjaer coming in, what the Glazers knew, it was it would be very hard for the fans to turn on Solskjaer. Now they are starting to turn on him, unfortunately. Some could say rightly so, but in terms of the way it is playing out, I think it's unfortunate. But it is exactly what the Glazers wanted. They put Solskjaer in place. As Like I said, I don't know if, you, if a human shield is the right terminology, but as a shield to protect them because... They know the fans were going to be so patient and they didn't want to turn like we did with Louis Van halen and Jose Mourinho. So do you think this is just out of play playbook number one out of the Glazers? this is exactly what they wanted when they knew it was potentially going to go wrong because in under their leadership, things are naturally gonna go wrong.
1: Um, I actually don't think they planned for this, Tom. I think that the uh, foresight or lack thereof from Edward Ed Wood and Co. has actually been one of Solskjaer won't get it wrong. And that's evident in his appointment. Let's rewind to the uh, to January 2018, uh, uh, 2019, I should say. Solskjaer takes over December and we go on a really positive run. I think it was 13 games unbeaten, something ridiculous like that. Uh, and then we do the unthinkable and get through against Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League. Now, you might say that was um, fortacious and you know what? I would agree with you, it was. But the reality is he generated a, such a positive turn of results that none of us could have foreseen, none of us. I don't think you and I could have seen that coming. Uh, we thought he would come in, have a positive influence on the club, and then we'll find a more suitable long-term replacement. But that, again, speaks to the disorganisation that is Manchester United, doesn't it? The, the, the short-termism, the, the lack of ability or foresight to see that there was always going to be a positive return of results from Jose Mourinho. He had just about upset everyone, including those who you would have thought it'd be impossible to upset. So you could argue that they actually haven't planned for this. I think that the reality is they thought, you know what? It's a club legend. The fans will get behind him. That was obvious. But what they couldn't foresee is particularly, they've gotten behind and, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Duncan Castle's. But the the point he's made constantly, I I do have to agree with. United have gone fully behind the cultural reboot, the long-term vision, the long-term planning. And Ed Woodward quotes this every time he's doing a, a quarter investment call. So I don't see that planning, and that's now being evident with no replacement evidently lined up for Solskjaer. But you then have to say, unfortunately, because of that, the same reason that brought him to his appointment is also the same reason why he will inevitably... Fall on his sword,
0: yeah. No, I very agree very much. Hard to hard to disagree there. Um, so Hal saying, which is another topic, but I actually do, I don't have an issue with Oli not walking. No person can be expected to leave behind seven million, yeah. Th- those people saying Solskjaer should walk just in terms of if he loves the club, he, he wouldn't take the money. Grow up, he, like, that's, that's not the case. Um, you're going to take the money, and rightly so, he deserves that for the job he's done. Um, George saying I really don't like when some fans say uh, I hope we lose to force Ollie out the door Win, lose or draw, Ollie will keep his um, job So surely it's a better win Well, I think that's the case I think every manager or every fan does want Man United to win It would be great if Solskjaer won the next 50 games And that's a good thing for Manchester United Regardless who the manager is um, Good evening to Rob, hope you're well Good cup of beers on Saturday night Again, like George, unfortunately For the result, but Ryan as well I met Ryan as well on um, Saturday night Even though still suffering from the City game yeah, well, We're trying to move on from the City game in this discussion But, Larry, back onto the Glazers. Do you think – no, I don't want to throw any fans under the bus because here we are, Man United shirt, Man United shirt. I have an MUTV subscription, 75,000 fans go into the ground every single week. But can we sit here and say they've just beaten us, that they've played us fans and we have to accept defeat, that they have won this? Like we all, after that Liverpool protest, said, okay, get the Glazers out, get the Glazers out. Woodward's no good. And Woodward sort of maybe took that bit of that first step in sort of stepping down or sort of potentially stepping down to see are we still there at the moment. But how much are we to blame? Because here we are, I'm not throwing you under the bus. Here I've got a shirt, but you've got your brand-new Ronaldo shirt. At the pub on the weekend, I saw about 40 people in the brand-new Ronaldo shirt the Glazers just winning in that regard and I'm not criticizing anyone because here I am in the same in the same boat but how much of the fans to blame not I'm not we don't pick the team we don't pick the players etc but what sort of role do the fans have in sort of what I say the downturn or the downfall of Man United but in this current mess we're in
1: the fans have zero percent blame all the blame goes on to the Glazers this is what happens when you don't run the football club efficiently now now I get what you're saying but we're saying that because we're almost a victim of the glazers and the system that they've created is that that we need to reject the football club, the one thing that we enjoy, our release from life every weekend. We have to neglect that because they're inept at running the football club efficiently. Like that just doesn't make sense for me. I, I think this is solely, at the feet of Ed Woodward, it is solely at the feet of Richard Arnold, and it is solely at the feet of the Manchester United board. Whoever was included in the decision to keep Ole Gunnar Solskjaer rather than removing him from his uh, step or his position, then I say the blame is at those people. And if that includes Sir Alex Ferguson, so be it. That doesn't mean I disrespect Sir Alex Ferguson. It doesn't mean his legacy and everything he's done for the club doesn't matter. But if your decision and what, if you had the ability to influence whether Olegan Solskjaer is at the club right now, and you've opted to let him see this period through, then clearly your interest in Manchester United Football Club—that's where I—that's where I put the blame, not on the fans.
0: Oh, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. And I know, I know you're not suggesting that I'm suggesting that. it's just almost playing devil's advocate. But I do look at look at a club like Blackpool a few a few years ago, and I go, I know Blackpool is a very different thing to Manchester United. But at the end of the day, they're fo- it's a football club with football fans. And Blackpool, they stopped going in the ground. Twenty people used to go into the ground. I remember they had a game against Arsenal in the FA Cup, or it might have been the League Cup or FA Cup. I'm not sure. Arsenal went in there. Arsenal sold out their away allocation. Huge game for Blackpool and their fans. The Blackpool fans stood outside. They didn't go in. I'm just thinking I'm not expecting or demanding or even wanting 75,000 people not to go into, into the stadium at Old Trafford, but that is the impact fans can have in terms of they can get their voice across So we can get our voice across, but, and again, definitely not a criticism because if I'm there at Old Trafford, I'm the first in line for a ticket, I'm definitely going in. But we can see fans have an impact like that where I don't think the United fan base, and not a criticism, but can't unite in sort of one direction
1: uh, look, I think it's possible. I think that the difficulty with Manchester United naturally is the global appeal of the football club. Here we are in Australia, 5.42pm, talking about Manchester United. You know what I mean? So I think that's the difficulty. You're always going to have a tourist or someone who doesn't. Who, even people who live out of Manchester, they're, they're working around their lives to get to Old Trafford. And that's the difficulty. How do you tell someone who's planned their whole life or <laughs> flown halfway across the world not to attend a football match? That's the difficult thing to orchestrate. In saying that, it doesn't need to be the whole stadium, Tommy. If you can convince 50% of the crowd not to walk in and have some sort of banner out or some sort of protest outside the outside the football ground, you can't tell me that that doesn't have an impact. When you and I turn on to watch Manchester United play, we're used to seeing Old Trafford full. If you're seeing that stadium half empty, you're going to be like, are there some COVID restrictions out here or what's going on? And that's the reality. I think it doesn't have to be the whole stadium. I just think there needs to be some sort of statement, some sort of demonstration. In saying that, what are we demonstrating for? Are we simply demonstrating to say we want Ole Gunnar Solskjaer out? Because no one wanted to demonstrate after we signed Cristiano Ronaldo. Well,
0: well that, that's exactly my thing and we'll go into. I was going to touch on one more point, but you just you bring that up. Um, we'll stay on that. I want to go back to Ed Woodward in a sec. But this protest now... In my opinion, this protest won't happen for a few reasons. In my opinion, it has the same smell as the one before the initial one where there was a lot of noise on Twitter, sort of green and gold sort of posters mocked up on Microsoft Paint type thing, and by a few kids on Twitter. and then the 20 people who showed up at Old Trafford for that protest were on their replica kits kind of thing. And again, here we are in our kits. But you're not going to go onto a protest against the Glazers with a replica kit it's almost defeats the purpose type of thing i think this protest very much is in that vein it's not organised by must or any of the sort of any of the fan groups over in manchester so i don't think it has any legs and the reason i don't want it to have any legs now i support fully any protest against the glazers 100% of course i do however i don't think this protest stems from a frustration with, now everyone obviously is frustrated with the ownership but i don't think it stems from frustration towards the glazers or woodward i think this is simply Ollie out. I think this is people wanting Oli out. They're frustrated at the lack of change of manager. They want Solskjaer out. And that is where the anger and frustration is in regards to this protest. I don't think they'll they'll put hashtag glazers out. Of course they will. But I think the sort of the emotion behind it is based on the manager. And whatever your opinion, here we are with the opinion that Solskjaer needs to go. I think ninety-nine percent of the fan base have that opinion. But it's not Manchester United to be protesting against the manager. You don't drag his... You cannot be standing outside Old Trafford with a banner saying, oh, out." Yeah. that is simply not Manchester United. That is something Arsenal will do. Arsenal fans will do it, Newcastle fans, etc. It's not a Manchester United thing. And if you do want that type of thing to happen, that is not what Manchester United is about. Okay, there was the Tara Fergie sort of thing, but that's one idiot sort of thing. I don't want to see 20,000 people outside Old Trafford um, chanting for the manager to be sacked, even though we all agree with that opinion. But just your thoughts on this news starting to filter through about the protest and yeah, you know, just your thoughts on it. Is it a protest? You th- there's no game as well. So I don't see many people actually rocking up to Manchester, but just your thoughts.
1: If you're gonna protest against Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, a player who is his whole his top level career has only been at Manchester United. He scored 127 goals for this club. He's he scored the most important goal you could argue in our history. To seal the treble, you're gonna organize a protest against that man. Piss off! You're not a Manchester United fan. That's a, that's all I have to say on it, mate. Like seriously, it's it's actually pathetic. It's not even worth discussing.
0: Yeah, no, look, it's a hard one, but but I, I truly think that's what it's saying. I've seen saying large percentage United fans have spent their lives exce- experiencing success over two decades of it. Do we become Do we become a club who calls so for the manager's head when we don't have short term success? And why don't say, well, we get into these players desire, But and I'm sure I want to get Larry's opinion on how he's a bit um, best friend. Can I, moment, Harry can I
1: question? But before we come to um uh, Josh's comment, I want to ask you the question Would it be fair to say, like, a, a well run football club, let's say you don't want to get rid of Oligona Solskjaer, but you do want positive results? You know what, I would actually support if they if the Glazers actually decided. We're going to bring in a, and I know John Murtagh has been given the title of director of football. I'm not convinced what John Murtagh actually does day to day. But what I would really support, like, wouldn't you um, endorse uh, a coaching director appointment? Someone who is experienced, someone who's coached at the highest level of the game, who has won countless amounts of trophies around Europe. Wouldn't you trust that sort of position being appointed to either support Solskjaer as part of his coaching staff or to oversee the coaching that happens at Manchester United? Someone who can just give him support. Because if I look at... The, the coaching team there. And I know that there's been lazy journalism and I have to call it lazy journalism because when United were winning, there was no issues with Kieran McKenna's training methods. There was no criticism of Michael Carrick. So I'm just wondering like if, if if that was for me a good football club, somewhat a club that is well run, but wants to support the manager identifies that there's a downturn in results. What would you think of like a coaching director? So we've seen um th- the names escaping me.
0: Uh, the, Ralph, Ralph Rangnick.
1: Yes, Ralph Rennick. Let, let's say he was brought in as a coaching director. So Oli could almost be... Uh, he could be like a consultant to Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Like, wouldn't that suggest to you, you know what, this is a club that cares, as opposed think, to just... Well, I think what out.
0: that suggests... And yes, I agree. And look, I I maybe wouldn't say... Okay, going down the lines of, okay, the Glazers don't want to sack Solskjaer. They want to keep him. Okay, that's an avenue. I think the right decision in terms of moving the football club forward is a change in manner. I, I in my opinion, like Stralix Ferguson... The manager should have complete control. There is a room. For, there is room for directors of football in the game. Of course, there is, especially with a view to the to the future. But in the current, you need your manager having complete control of the football department. In my opinion, other clubs work differently. In my opinion, that's the way it should be. In terms of that Ralph Rangnick one, it's, I'll just throw that name to you because he's currently at the top of everyone's list. No one was talking about him last week when Antonio Conte was there. Conte was the number one choice. Now Ralph Rangnick's the savior for Man United. He's currently not even managing. Now he might be absolutely brilliant for Manchester United, whether in the role you suggested or as a manager, which a lot of people say in an interim manager. But he wasn't on the he wasn't on the list last week. Now he's obviously a very fancy name, but the moment we concede a, a concede a goal, we'll have a shot against us, or dare we say we lose a football match, and Ralph Rangnick's in charge. The first thing we're saying why we why are we getting a guy who hasn't done it at the top level? Like he's done it at Leipzig and Schalke, and now he's not even a manager sort of thing. Now, that's not a mm. criticism. As I said, he might be brilliant, might be a fantastic coach, might be a brilliant tactician, but it's just one of those ones I think people are just throwing a name out there just for the sake of it. It's almost, I don't want to sound lazy, but it's almost one of those hipster names. I don't think a lot of people know too much about him. I absolutely know nothing about him. Um, when I know he's German and everyone reckons he invented the press type of thing. Um, okay, invented pressing. Um, people have been closing down players before, so and that's not to disrespect his work. But, um, yeah, I don't understand sort of the the uproar or the excitement over this link at the moment, especially when he wasn't anyone's first choice um, a week ago when Antonio Conte was there.
1: I think he's just... If I look at what United need now, it's it's different to every other manager that we've had to look to replace. If you look at Louis van Gaal and you look at Jose Mourinho's tenure specifically, I think under those two, you could argue it wasn't the finished article, but the players simply... Both managers failed to get a tune out of the players. It was evident that they took it as far as they could. From a cultural perspective, it was clear that the players had no longer they, they no longer had the trust of their manager. In this case, I actually don't believe, while I have no doubt that there are there is unrest in that dressing room, and there would be because of the results. I still believe that that dressing room or the majority of that dressing room is behind the manager. They support Solskjaer. No one's out there saying he's a bad guy. He supports the players. He hasn't thrown any player under the bus date. So I think from that perspective, the support is there. And I think when, when you're looking at this United side, it's undoubtedly the strongest side we've had post-Fergie. You, you can't argue with that. Now, of course, there are holes in that midfield, but you would argue that a, a better manager, one ha- has the tactical nows, would be able to get a higher potential or a higher ceiling out of this current side. So I think that's the issue. And I think that's why you're seeing Ralph linked with the United job. It's He's more tactically astute than Oli. We're not getting beaten on talent at the moment. We're getting beaten tactically. So just looking for someone who can just come in in the short term and just unlock the potential of this football club. Because you look at the attacking players, and I'll even go back to the second half against Manchester City,
0: Tom. There
1: was a please five minutes. Don't minute oh, don't,
0: don't go back to the City game, please. I I'm need kidding,
1: to. Br- I know you're being tongue in cheek, but I need to bring up th- there was a five minute period where we were camped inside of their box and we were playing one touch football, and we didn't even get it, manage a manager shot on target. But what we did do is we showed that in glimpses, this side has the capability of playing some really positive football. Think of the Bruno layoff to Ronaldo uh, against Atalanta. Brilliant football, one-touch football, and that's a systemic goal. That That's not purely talent. That's not purely giving it to your best player. That, that was actually systemic. That's something they'd work on the training ground. So we just need a manager who can come in and get more of that out of Manchester United.
0: Yeah, I think another thing, which I just want to get into, the well, obviously a lot of discussion needs to sort of centered around a change of manager, but i a little bit more specific in regards to how the club does sack managers. But you do mention that, and yeah, it's a fair point. But in terms of the way, I'm not crediting the Glazers or the board here, but one thing I think they have done well, which they're simply not, we're at this stage now when they're refusing to do, but one thing I think they have done well, and you can argue whether there good appointments when they've initially came to the club or not. But in my opinion, the thing they have done, well, they have sacked managers at the right time. I think David Moyes, he had to go. They sacked him as soon as possible. Louis van Gaal, now maybe there's even a case I would make that maybe if there's one manager who deserved a little bit more time, as bad as the football was, I maybe would have given it to van Gaal. I probably wouldn't agree with that. I think it was the right time to go. Obviously not qualifying for the Champions League. But yeah, at the the time, unfortunately, after the FA Cup final, which does sort of add an interesting dynamic to it, but I do think they got that sacking right. He needed to go, especially when... The best manager in world football, Jose Mourinho, was available and wanted the job. That was the right thing to do at that time. Jose Mourinho against Liverpool with the Paul Pogba situation, how toxic that got, he had to go. Jose Mourinho had to go. They sacked him at the right time. Now, this is the time to sack Solskjaer. The last three seconds, the club have got right. Um, whether the appointments were right, that's another debate. But at the time, the managers needed to go. Now, Solskjaer, in our opinion, does need to go now. But the club aren't sacking him. So you just think this is something the Glazers have done well in the past. They've taken a hit on managers. Jose Mourinho is probably the most expensive manager in the game, maybe behind Pep Guardiola, maybe. I'm just thinking, well, they can pay out Jose Mourinho. Surely I think Jose, I think Solskjaer is the seventh or eighth highest paid manager in the Premier League. So in regards to Manchester United, you know, that's quite cheap. And I just think the club have shown they will sack managers. But at the moment, the, I don't know. Just your thoughts on that, because it only came up that sort of idea only came to me mm. sort of a couple of hours ago when I was having a chat with a mate.
1: I think what's saving Solskjaer is the fact that as bad as we've been, we're fifth, sixth, we're nine points off first place. The title race isn't over. Now, of course, to us it is, right? Any any sensible football fan will say, United aren't in this title race. But reality is where I think we're three points out of the top four. That That's why he's still in a job. And I think the other aspect is, simply put, we, we touched on it when we started this video, they don't have a replacement for him i have no doubt that they've started looking i have no doubt they're not naive enough to think that these that solsha is going to turn this around but what the international break has allowed them to do is start sourcing should the results continue the way that they're going or staying in the same vein i think he will he will go look tom if i'm being honest i would love to see him win 50 games i'd love to see him win every remaining game that he's in charge of the club because that means we know we will inevitably win a trophy but that's not going to happen. And I think he will be sacked before the season's over. I dare say he'll be sacked by Christmas. I wouldn't be shocked. I, yeah, I, 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 I think it
0: comes down to, at the moment, you're talking about the, the club talking to managers. In my opinion, now it sounds crazy, a manager not sort of jumping at the chance to sign for Manchester United. But I think there is a little bit of ca- a case of that where a lot of those high-profile managers know the mess Manchester United is potentially going to be for them. They're maybe a little bit hesitant in taking the job, which is maybe sort of slowing down the um, sort of recruitment process for that manager. But um, Josiah's like saying here how things may have been different. Australia's managed, managed to convince Pep to come to Old Trafford instead of the Eddie had five years ago. And I always stayed clear of a lot of the Pep Guardiola banter because, he, as I said, I, I did want him as Manchester United manager. I've always been a huge fan of him. Um, and yeah, he's the best manager in the world, unfortunately for me. Rob's saying I'm very nervous about our future. Ollie isn't going isn't going to take it to the next level, but at the same time, there's no one out there who I can say I'd be happy with, which is a hard thing. I know Rob was sort of very keen on Antonio Conte, but suddenly that manager goes in regards to getting our squad in over the short term goals. But he's obviously a Tottenham now. It'll be fascinating to see how he goes. And George saying, I said this, the pub maybe be slightly drunk, but Ollie will be manager um, game one next year. I just can't see it. It's not scraping fourth, um, which which is an interesting case. We were having that discussion if he, we still maybe be fanciest to get fourth and what that does for Solskjaer's position. I think, yeah, maybe George maybe a little bit drunk. I think he is gone. Um, it, look, if yeah. he wins a trophy, maybe that does change things, but I don't think fourth will save his job. But, Larry, you mentioned the word consultant before in regards to Ralph Rangnick. I just want to go back, and this is just a report, I think, from Mike Keegan um, over in the UK saying... Okay, Woodward's leaving the club, but he's now in talks to become a consultant at Manchester United. Now, what that means, if we'll this is a commercial consultant and co- sort of consulting that department, fantastic. But knowing the Glazers and Woodward himself, it's probably going to be a very high profile and more sort of football centric position. So, just your thoughts on mm. one is it a bit of news? Is it sort of a bit of propaganda s- put out there to sort of stir some emotion? Just, just your thoughts when you saw it.
1: I don't see that being the case. Um, this is quite common in corporate land. So, what you'll generally see, a when you have someone who's in such an executive position uh, or quite senior, you'll find that they actually do terminate their employment, Employment, but they're hired as consultant. So he'd almost be like an external consultant. He'd ba- basically operate as his own entity, Edward Wood. And what that would mean is where United needed to bring him in or if he needed to support with anything like that, I, I would imagine that it would just be... Ed, what's your daily fee? And United would pay it. And that would just be maybe to support with the day-to-day operations. And it would be a way for Edward Wood to demand more money than he'd be currently getting paid. So that's how I see it. Um, I don't think he'll be involved in the day-to-day with Manchester United. I think when he parts ways, he parts ways. Otherwise, Tom, why would he have resigned? There would be no reason for him to, I guess, Um. God, I'm having a mind blank. I can't speak today. There would be no reason for him to leave his position. Step down.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. It'll it'll be fascinating to see. And I'm sure more of those stories will come out of the next six weeks or so before he's supposed to leave as CEO. But I see a lot of people in the comments discussing Ten Hag. And I think Ten Hag is a sort of a long term appointment or long term sort of goal for Manchester United, maybe if they do want to take that route. But um obviously that can't happen at the moment or you don't think it would happen at the moment. But um Flim saying Ed would be a good um, for the next set-piece coach. would be fascinating to see Ed Woodward on the training ground. I'd love to see what he plays football like. I, I reckon he's one of those players whose shirt's a challenge. Like he doesn't want to get in there and get so dirty his shirt. But, Larry, we're going to finish with players and sort of social media and obviously your good friend Harry Maguire at the moment, but Roy Keane sort of went viral for a few reasons over the weekend, and rightly so. Um, I think Roy Keane is one of the players or ex-players who encapsulates all of the feelings around the Man United fan base at the moment. And this isn't going to defend Solskjaer. Here we are. Okay, Solskjaer needs to go. However, Roy Keane came out with the idea or the point saying he confirmed as a coach and a player, he sits at the front of the bus on the way to the ground and he has to look behind him and he sees players like, okay, let's say a Harry Maguire or a Luke Shaw or a Fred, and he's saying, well, me as a manager, I have to rely on these players. My job, my job depends on these players behind me. And that's not a good position. Okay, if you've got Ronaldo, Messi, Mohamed Salah, et etc. Paul Scholes, all, all these players of the past, okay, a manager can rely on these people to save his job. But at the moment, the players who Solskjaer is depending to save his job just are Aren't, aren't of the calibre that it's needed. I'm just thinking, yes, we are blaming Solskjaer or a lot of the criticism is directed towards Solskjaer, but a lot of the issues now, now, are they being sort of highlighted that the players still need to take a lot more responsibility or are you saying, okay, it's not really the players. It is all, I know you're not saying it's all on Solskjaer, yeah. but is Roy Keane right in saying this is a lot of it. Like A lot of it is down to the players.
1: I think, it's a, look, I think it's an equal split. Let, let's look at the two goals we conceded against Manchester City. Eric Bay slices out a ball the way I would have when I was five. And then you've got Luke Shaw who lets, uh, he lets Bernardo Silva score because he's not paying attention. Just a, a lack of attention to detail. Not having desire and not being aware of what's around you. Now, Manchester City batted us. Let, let's not get that twisted. But in saying that, Outside of those two goals, he could have easily finished a draw. So you could argue that, yeah, Solsha is not getting the maximum potential out of his players, undoubtedly. But in saying that, is it? it's not Solskjaer's fault that Eric is, you know, got a scrambled brain and Luke Shaw's not paying attention. But he'd run harder for a donut, Luke Shaw. And that's the issue, Tom. Like, you can't – it's not all at the manager's feet. But I, I can be critical of the players when there is a lack of desire. when you're not running, you're not chasing after the ball. Bruno Fernandez, as brilliant as he is, is pissing me off more than anyone at the moment. When he's getting frustrated, he breaks away from a system if you've noticed. So he'll he'll go press a man when he's angry, and that leaves a big hole behind him. and then you've got defenders being pulled or out of place and so forth. And that's, that's the issue. So Bruno Fernandez, as good as he is, And as much as any manager will have him in the side, regardless of who comes in next, should equally take blame because he can't stick to a system. He can't follow the manager's instructions. But I don't see anyone saying let's sack Bruno Fernandes, nor should you. But my point is that there is an equal split. This isn't all at Oli, but it's not all on the players either.
0: Yeah, no, it's fascinating. At the pub on Saturday, I don't know how it came up, but the topic of Carlos Tevez came up and we'll discuss in Tevez. And it's fascinating the way that you talk about there and completely right in saying Bruno Fernandes just goes and does his own thing. I remember Carlos Tevez used to do that. However, you look at the team behind Carlos Tevez, they accounted for that. They all pressed or they all sat off type of thing um, where Bruno Fernandes' um, players aren't reading that or they are reading it and choosing something else. It's interesting because very similar, but um, obviously two very different results. And... Um, yeah, Ashby here. Good to see you, mate. I reckon Edward copped the hair dry trim. I think the moment someone shouted at Edward Wood, he'd be filing a complaint to HR. But Larry, we'll move on to the players. And um, we'll, we'll start on Harry Maguire first. We'll, get into the, we'll finish with the social media and that sort of interview that came out regarding a social media manager at Man United or a company. I forget who he was. we'll we'll start on Harry Maguire and the apology. Now, this sort of ties into the social media. It obviously wasn't Harry Maguire typing it. It was Harry Maguire's team who came out and typed it. But look, he's the one with the name at the top of the tweet. So ultimately, it is him talking. We do have to sort of draw that conclusion. But I'm just thinking you've gone really hard on him. And I don't want to sort of bring up sort of old conversation or old tweets or throw you under the bus type thing. But you have been a fan of Harry Maguire in the past. And he has been a Manchester United player. He has been a good Manchester United player. Um, Victor Lindelof has been bounced off the ball and Harry Maguire is our best defender. Now Harry Maguire is our worst defender. So I just want to think how much... Now, I'm not sort of getting you to take back your frustration, but how much do you put it down to the extreme frustration we're all feeling at the moment in regards to your feelings about Harry Maguire? Because as I said, six weeks ago, or maybe not, it's probably longer than six weeks ago, the back last season, we were devastated that he wasn't in the Europa League final and he was the best defender in Europe in Euro 2020 type thing. Now, obviously, that's in the past. He's obviously shocking at the moment. But just yeah, sum up your current Harry Maguire thoughts for me.
1: I'm not going to backtrack from anything I've said about him in the past because anything I've said in the past is true. He's not become a rubbish footballer overnight. He wasn't. He hasn't been rubbish during his whole time at Manchester United. So anything that positive that I've said about Harry Maguire, I'm not going to backtrack from. But what I am going to stand by is he's an utter shameless coward. And but he's he been that
0: person that, that that's a footballer. We're talking I don't about the care, Tom. He's, he's the same care, person. He's the same No, person.
1: it's not it's not he, he's 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 I'm going to watch what I say here. But his behavior over the uh, following the Manchester City game has been nothing short of disgraceful. The way Solskjaer's face trembled in that interview with with the with the interview uh, post-match where you you saw his face visibly drop I've had that feeling before. It's when I'm overwhelmed and I'm about to cry because of the whatever personal circumstance or whatever situation I'm feeling internally. That's what that's the pressure he's put under his manager. He's can I go let, I'm going to give you a rap sheet and I tweeted this out earlier today. Since Harry Maguire's come in, 80 million pounds spent, record to this day for a central defender. He gives him the captaincy. He's played him through inexcusable form at times. He supported him after his off season mishap last season in Greece. He kept him with the captain's armband. He played him through irrespective of his poor form this season. He's gotten him an elite partner, world-class partner. And despite his worst form in a Manchester United shirt, he has persisted with Harry Maguire. And despite all of that, Harry Maguire comes out and says, we lack belief inexcusable, undefendable, shouldn't be captain, shouldn't play for Manchester United again.
0: Now, Ronaldo didn't have belief. Ronaldo didn't know we are going to win that game. We were sitting on her. We knew we weren't going to win that game. Every other player. No, no I agree. I hated the words. However, if he said something different, would say, why is he lying? We need honesty from the Manchester United captain. Now I know no, he can't come out no, no, no. And, and lie I in that way.
1: I can't agree with that. Like, I take your point, and yes, I I do agree. I do agree with what you're saying. Like, yes, as fans, we do ask for honesty. We ask for transparency, and it's refreshing when a player is honest. I liked what Paul Pogba came out the other week when he said something's got to change. I, I did I did accept that. Now, yes, some people said, oh, but he's throwing Ollie under the bus there. I don't think he was Paul Pogba. I think it was a, a place of genuity. I think he actually wants the team to perform well. The issue I have in this case with Harry Maguire is, you can be honest without throwing your manager under the bus. You could say something to the effect of, I acknowledge that the club, aren't, we're not performing where we should be. We're not performing to our potential. I, as a captain, have to take responsibility for that. But I, with the manager and the players, we need to work together to turn these results around. We acknowledge it's not good enough. Now, if Aaron Maguire came out and said that, he's been honest, he's been transparent, and he hasn't thrown his manager under the bus. On this occasion, he did. He threw his manager under the bus, Tom.
0: Yeah, no, look, I'm not defending that. I just think in terms of your, your questioning his character and him as a person, well, if he's a coward now, he was a coward two years ago. It's the same person. Yeah, he person.
1: probably was. He probably is a coward. Well,
0: so, but, so, why we, is so
1: why would we This is the greatest
0: Why wouldn't you call him, him a coward when we are win? Because
1: United finished second last season. Because United finished in and the top the same, four. The you're
0: questioning his character and him as a person. You, you're yeah. basing this new frustration on the results and the form. I'm talking him as a person.
1: Yeah, I understand that. But he hasn't faced this pressure before as the captain. He hasn't been put under this microscope before Harry Maguire. Despite United's patches of poor form, we've come we've seen the other side. And that's why Harry Maguire hasn't been put under this limelight, Tom. This is United's worst run of results in Solskjaer's time. And it's it's Harry Maguire's worst run of results since becoming captain. So the one time he's get he gets placed under any sort of pressure or gets asked a difficult question, he threw Ollie right under the bus.
0: That's why play- I've been it with him. This point in regards to sort of – now, I don't think this happened with David De Gea, but the sort of media sort of ran with that a little bit and sort of said, okay, De Gea said this and sort of Solskjaer chose Henderson type thing. Sam makes a point here, which I put up earlier, saying kind of glad he said it, Larry. Solskjaer might actually strip him of the captaincy at this time. Do you think there is a case of that in terms – of you, you mentioned that sort of physical response from Solskjaer when he heard what Harry Maguire said. Can you see a situation where – He does strip him with the captain. I can't see that. And now I would at the moment, I would go for Ronaldo or De Gea or even you sort of mentioned Rafael Varane the other week. Mm. Is there a situation where Solskjaer, let's say he's in the job um, in two weeks' time against Watford, would actually do it?
1: I don't think he has the stomach for it. And and that's the thing. Oli always likes to bring up things that Sir Alex Ferguson got you know did as a manager. Sir Alex would strip Harry Maguire of the captaincy, but I don't I don't see Ollie doing well, it. But you know what? what
0: what what Sir Alex would do as well, which a lot of the things you said regarding Harry Maguire are completely right, but they were very much intertwined with Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. And a lot of the mm-hmm. things you criticize in which I agree with the criticisms of Maguire, the criticism Solshire. Solskjaer. Solskjaer shouldn't put him in that position. So that's where you mentioned Solskjaer is maybe isn't strong enough to strip him of the captaincy. It's not Harry Maguire's fault. That's Solskjaer's fault. This is something we need to direct, and we don't need to direct more stuff at Solskjaer. He's got enough on his plate. But that is something, in my opinion, that's on Solskjaer, not Maguire. Harry Maguire shouldn't be playing 50 games a season. That's Solskjaer.
1: I agree with you there. And that's the thing. Like, I saw a comment. Um, I missed who it was from. There was a reference to when Ronaldo celebrated. You had Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw walking by. I recall that game. It was the, uh, the the at home, the result against Atalanta. Ronaldo goes to the floor. He's, you know, fist pumping. Harry Maguire, Luke Shaw sort of, you know, walking past. I think there's a split in the dressing room, you know. Uh, you you look at, you're thinking of your Paul Pogba's, your Bruno Fernandes, your Cristiano Ronaldo's, Marcus Rashford. And then I think you've got your other batch of players, the mediocre players, the ones who you say they're good, but... Are they elite? And that's your Luke Shaw's, Harry Maguire's. I think there's a divide in the team. And it looks that way, the way they play. There's the players where you say they're clearly good enough, but we're not playing to their potential. And then there's the weak links of the sides. That's Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw at the moment. And I'm just wondering, would Oli benefit from giving the captaincy to a Cristiano Ronaldo, to a Rafael Varane? Would he get a tune out of the better players? And would he then be able to weed out the weaker personalities? Maybe that is a Harry Maguire and a Luke Shaw, if that's going to create a... I guess, a, a divide in the dressing room.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I think when, when you're losing and you're out of form, these sort of clicks and these things are exposed and they're visible, they're probably always there. But winning definitely sort of papers over the cracks. But now that we are losing, we're seeing those things and yeah, completely right. But just to wrap up further and on from Harry Maguire, now those words came from Harry Maguire's mouth, so they're completely on Harry Maguire, but... There was an interview, and we're we'll talking before you said he's an employee of Manchester United. I forget if he was that or if he was just a social media manager in general. I'm sure he's sort of both. But he had an interview, I forget what platform it was on, but talking about how managing the Manchester United players' social media accounts and how they do it. They sort of schedule sort of two posts a day type thing and they gauge the, the reaction from one. And they try and counteract that narrative by sort of putting something else out. I'm just thinking, I think all of us deep down knew this type of thing that happened. Obviously, the players don't run their social media accounts at times. And these big PR teams are sort of running the show and sort of, yeah, trying to sort of dictate a narrative. So we all knew this. But when you hear it out loud from an expert and someone who's actually on on their phones doing it for them, it is quite confronting. And I think you tagged me in a tweet saying very scary or concerning type thing. So just when you did see this interview or these lines or quotes come out, um, yeah, yeah, initial thoughts.
1: It's con- it is concerning. Uh, so this is Phil Lynch, and Phil Lynch is on Manchester United's payroll. He's a Manchester United employee. His title is CEO of Media. And what he mentions in this um, video, um, I'm not sure who the podcast was with. It looks like Sports Pro from what I'm seeing. He, he basically identified that they look at trends that they're seeing online through Twitter, through Facebook, whatever social media platform there is. And he says, we'll, we'll pick out keywords. We're looking at what the trend is. So they will be well aware of your ollie outs. They'll be well aware of protesting. They'll be well aware of the negativity divide between uh, directed at certain players. And that's why you probably saw, like you're alluding to Harry Maguire's come out with a, a clearly scripted PR uh, PR wrapped in paper uh, tweet that that's come from his, his, his account. Um, and, and it is concerning, Tom. What we're looking for here, and you touched on it earlier, genuity, uh, genuinity, uh, rather. Um, we had David De Gea come out um, after the match, just tweeted, I'm hurt. That could—that was a thousand times more effective than any PR apology that Bruno Fernandes' team is going to release. By the way, did you see Bruno Fernandes? Well, yeah, well, um, well, yeah, he's got he good a photo. He plays for Arsenal.
0: Yeah, he had a photo, which completely sums up the issue, doesn't it? Like, which is understandable. how can we blame Bruno? It's not Bruno. However, Bruno, which Gary Neville has made this point in regards to trying to force players to take ownership of their social media accounts to have that genuine nature. But yeah, here's Bruno Fernandez, and his um, Twitter team posted a photo of Arsenal training saying "good vibes" because it's obviously the same guy doing. I don't know they got Portuguese players or type thing. So, um yeah, we blame. I don't know, not in this case, but we're blaming a Harry Maguire or a Fred or a. Um, Donny van der Bake or someone for these social media posts after the game, and we don't touch Bruno. We all love fan-favorite Bruno Fernandes. There's was the worst culprit of it because he's posting photos of Arsenal players that got the they've got the wrong password type thing. So, um, yeah, as you say, it was very concerning. I, th- I don't think shocking. I think we all knew deep down how these things potentially did work. But, yeah, when you do see it in actual sort of come from the mouth of an expert who is holding their phones and has access, access to these players' accounts, um, it is eye-opening. And as you say, concerning, I'd love to see Gary Neville sort of force home this idea of players taking ownership and sort of players being a lot more sort of forthright. But where do you sit on that? Just to wrap up, just my last point in regards to social media posts and the players, we sit here and when we see that post from Harry Maguire, we say, shut up, we don't want to hear this. We want to see action. We don't want to see that. However, if they come out and have a performance like that, or regardless of performance, if they lose and we don't see anything on Facebook or Twitter, we're saying, why aren't the players apologising? Like Where do you sit on the balance of wanting that, not interaction with players, but seeing that communi- attempt at communication with fans.
1: Tom, they don't... I, I don't know about you. I'm not asked if they apologise. I don't want you to apologise. Just get your head down and get results in the next game. That's it. There's no need to apologise. We know you're sorry. You should be. You know what I mean? Like, that. that's your job. If I've had a bad day at work or you've had a bad day at work or you've made a mistake at work, you work hard to correct that mistake, right? And that's all these players need to do now. Um, you know, tweeting anything, saying you're sorry, it's just going to bring criticism because we're sick of it. We've seen it time and time again. Every time there's a bad result, the same crap. We go again or we'll bounce back. We're over it. We're past that. We, we've lost. We've, we've gained one out of the last 12 points available. Forget it. No more bounce back. You need to go on a good run of results. We start winning games. And again, you don't need to tweet that out either. If you to go five on the bounce, no one's arguing. That's it. You just got to win football matches.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Well, Flim saying the idea of these social media companies are reacting to Goldbridge like accounts is insane. But with the voice he has, he does dictate a narrative, and yet they have to sort of take note of. Unfortunately, if that is the case. And just to wrap up. Steve Austin saying so. If the next manager loses five in a row, we now have to get rid. Which is why, look, in my opinion, Solskjaer sure does need to go. But is why I am so patient with managers these days because yeah, we might have the perfect manager come in. Ralph Rangi might be the guy. He might be absolutely perfect and lead us to a Champions League title in two years' time. But his first five games I mean, you might lose them. It might ins- and try and s- sort of install that mentality type thing. But just two more comments here before we um, do wrap up. Unfortunately, if we don't win against Watford, he's out of a job. But look, I have a feeling it, he might act not actually make the Watford game. It would be interesting to see. I have a feeling the club might act. Um, the, the seeds have been planted in regards to Rangi, Brendan Rogers, et cetera. The names are being out there. And I think. This first sign of something starting to happen usually gone just on
1: so is, is not even in the country.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think they did have a trial game, one of those behind closed doors friendlies as well. So it looks from all reports that that has been cancelled. So, um, it's, it's another sort of spanner in the works of the Ollie and Ollie out debate. But Adam, um, no matter who we get, they will never be good enough until we win a title. New Age fans, which, yeah, we had that discussion last night at the pub. Um, agree that there's no real winning for a manager even if they are the great manager they're not going to win at Manchester United unfortunately and Tom saying reason players don't don't um, take control over their social media is because they wouldn't post positive comments when they lose which it's it's catch-22 for the players I'm completely frustrated with the way it goes about but yeah completely understanding on how they do I saw Harry Maguire post a photo happy birthday to his sister today the abuse the abuse towards his sister (laughs) <laughs> I, I just I just can't get... So you can understand why the players stay away from it, and I think they're completely right to. However, I do want honesty from them, which I do want them back on social media in that regard. The last comment is, um, good to see Alex. Great chat, boys. And remember to smash the like and subscribe, which truly appreciate that, Alex. Um, really nice and reminds me to um, yeah remind everyone. If you did like the content, um, please leave a like on the video and subscribe if you knew. That would be great. Um, there'll be more of this because I'm sure within 24 hours um, there will be developments, whether positive or negative, but there'll be something to discuss, um, as there always is with Manchester United. So, Larry, good to chat to you, mate. Always good to get some stuff off our chest and let some steam off.
1: Yeah, look, I think it was a good discussion. Um, hang in there, lads. Uh, you know, look, obviously, we, we all want the same thing. We all want Manchester United to win. So, Tom, whoever's in charge, come Watford. Um, I'll I'll be with you again, just hoping for three points.
0: You know, Manchester. And I are Watford but I fancy us there. That's a, that's a game I can see us winning. City, I wasn't, wasn't quite confident. But I could see it's three points curse, against hey? Watford. It's a great curse. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But yeah, definitely a debate for another day. But hopefully, everyone has a good night or morning if you're in the UK, and we'll chat to you tomorrow or the next day. Cheers.